Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where the horse to ride for your next bull purchase. 6th of February of 2021. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder Go to Renew Your Plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, there's more pressure on the Saskatchewan government to support enhancements to the Agri-Stability Support Program. The Federal Minister of Agriculture and Ontario's Minister of Agriculture have pushed other major producing provinces to support the proposals. We also have a market outlook on the cattle industry, a nice detailed look. And a look at wheat exports shows a booming trade so far this crop year. We have the latest update from Sask Wheat. Real Agriculture talks about moves at Rocky Mountain Equipment. We talk with FCC Chief Agricultural Economist J.P. Gervais about 2020 and the 2021 outlook. And the Ministry of Agriculture suggests fertilizing forage fields for increased production. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. There's more pressure on Saskatchewan's Minister of Agriculture to support proposed changes to the Agri-Stability Program. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau has offered to remove the reference margin limit and increase the compensation rate from 70 to 80 percent with a 60-40 federal-provincial split. The changes would result in a 50 percent increase, around $170 million a year in farmer support. Bebeau issued a statement today with her counterpart from Ontario, who are co-chairs of the federal provincial agriculture minister meetings. Bobo says a timely decision is needed to ensure the enhanced supports can be applied to the year 2020. Several Saskatchewan farm groups have also supported the proposals. In Saskatchewan, the issue is cost. Agriculture Minister David Merritt says Saskatchewan has a small population with a large amount of farmland and ranches, and the cost is a major concern. He wants Ottawa to provide more than the usual 60-40 split, but has not made a final decision on the issue. The Canadian dollar had been pushing towards the 80-cent mark early this year, but has now dropped back to around the 78-cent mark. Cattle prices are heavily influenced by the value of the Canadian dollar compared to the U.S. currency. Brian Perea is the manager and senior analyst with Canfax. The lower the dollar, the higher our calf prices. So every time the dollar moves a penny, you can add about four and a half to five cents. So if the dollar drops a penny, you can add about five cents to your calf prices. So hence, you know, we've gained three cents if we go towards 80 cents or we're adding five cents to the Canadian dollar compared to earlier in the fall of 2020. That five cent move in the dollar, that takes 25 cents off of your calf prices. Uh, Again, holding all other things constant. Perea has another rule of thumb for the price of feed barley, which has been rising over the winter in response to higher U.S. corn values. Every time barley moves about 50 cents a bushel, we've seen it move we're almost $2 now higher than earlier in the fall. So every time it moves 50 cents a bushel, if it goes up 50 cents a bushel, you take 10 cents off your calf prices just because of the cost of gains increases that are going to be less willing to pay for calves. So at a dollar, if it moves, barley moves a dollar a bushel, if it goes up a dollar, you take 20 cents off the price of calves. If it comes back down, you know, you can add 20 cents to your price of your calves from where you are today sort of thing. And this is based more on the fall market. Spring's a little different because we're 
a lot of these calves are going to go to grass. Last spring's backlog of feeder cattle has mostly moved through the system. Those backlogs were created when the two large beef processing plants in Alberta had to slow or temporarily halt production due to several hundred COVID cases among workers. Most of the backlog of cattle has been worked through. We've still got some delays in the supply chain as more feeders uh, were maybe sent to grass and put on feed later in the year that are going to be somewhat impacting the first part of 2021 here. But that's at a more manageable level uh, moving forward. Berea talks about current fed cattle prices. We are seeing a little bit strengthening in prices. You know, as I said, these backlogs have been worked through. Cattle packing plants have had to, you know, be a little bit more um, aggressive in their procurement of cattle. And, we, and we've seen cattle prices pick up to into the higher 140s here in the last couple of weeks, which, again, is a positive move. But it's still well below where it was last year. And um, unfortunately, still not very, it's not profitable for the feedlot sector. While prices from the packers have improved, returns for feedlots remain below break-even levels. A lot of these cattle are still losing probably 150 to 200 dollars a head. When we got prices closer to the into the 140s or close to 150, but break-evens have been creeping higher, closer to the 160 or even above range. So again, through the first quarter of 2021, we're probably going to see continued feedlot losses unless we see a, a very rapid increase in cattle prices. On the positive side, even with the lower prices, additional Western Canadian feedlot capacity will be coming online this year. We've seen growth in the feedlot sector. and We're going to see you know, a couple more feedlots in Western Canada coming on this year again. So uh, that bodes well for from a production point of view and again for the cow-calf producers, you know, obviously there's some headwinds here right now in the marketplace, but again, if we can get a little bit bigger chunk of the, the consumer dollar coming down to producers uh, this year moving forward, that would uh, help stabilize our herd. And I definitely see the opportunity of that coming as we have less cattle around. The Canadian cattle herd continues to shrink, moving to its lowest level in 30 years at just over 11 million head. The U.S. beef herd has been in an expansion phase for a few years, but that will likely change later this year. Berea says that should support prices in the North American market. So we're starting to see some smaller calf crops come out of the United States, and that's going to really start to probably play into once we work through all of these COVID numbers. And as I said, some feeders from 2020 were pushed into 2021. Well, once we work through those cattle, we're going to have smaller calf crops following those up, which we're probably going to start to see some of the results of that even into the later in the first half of 2021. Assuming demand stays strong, packing plants can continue to run near capacity. We still do see some stronger prices into 2021 by the second quarter, I guess what I want to say there. But heading into the second half, we're certainly going to see some smaller calf crops coming to market here, and that's where it bodes well with more competition at the feedlot levels and especially the packing plants. They have more dollars that they can pay. Packing plants have made tremendous profits the last couple of years, and we're seeing as numbers tighten, they're going to have to pass some of those dollars down. Uh, but we look for smaller smaller cattle numbers in the U.S., Brian Perea is the manager and senior analyst with Canfax. He made his comments during an online market presentation last week. Right. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. The latest market outlook from Sask Wheat says Canadian wheat exports are running 29% ahead of last year at this date. 
Total wheat exports are running 2 million tons higher than last year at this time. Compiled by Mercantile Consulting Venture, the outlook says farm deliveries of wheat were high at 600,000 tons in week 23, reflecting improved prices. International projections point to record wheat production this year and, despite higher consumption, further increase in global stocks. However, the stocks will be centered on China and India, while exporter stocks will drop by another 1 million tons. Above average wheat trade is expected this year, but may not reach last year's record. The outlook advises farmers to continue to hold wheat for the present. Wheat prices are expected to slow down this week after gaining 29 cents a bushel in Minneapolis last week. Support for wheat prices came from a USDA stocks report and a Russian export tax story. Russia is expected to impose a 25 euro per metric ton export tax starting February 15th and increase to 50 euros on March 1st. A euro is about $1.50 Canadian. Canadian Durham exports total so far this crop year 2.2 million tons, 13 percent or 236,000 tons ahead of last year's pace. Farm deliveries were high at 147,000 tons for the week. The outlook would target $9 a bushel for additional Durham sales. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147. I am joined right now by the Chief Executive Officer of Rocky Mountain Equipment, Garrett Gandon. Garrett, how are you? Uh, pretty good, Sean. Yourself? Pretty good. Hey, now I, I've been wanting to talk to you about this for, uh, well, it's just before the, the new year. Rocky Mountain Equipment RME went from being a public company. And I, I can remember when RME went public at, at that time. I can remember that event. I, I get the, the why of that, but why go private and, and why now? You know, uh, first off, I remember us going public too. It was uh, December 20th of 2007, uh, quite an interesting time. Um, you know, Sean, there's, there's a number of different reasons, but you know, first and foremost, what we wanted to make sure we were able to do is to get in touch with the customers, the producers, the farmers, the employees that we have in all of the branches. And what we found as the public company, we were spending more and more time um, dealing with all the public company uh, items that have to get dealt with, the quarterly re- reporting, all those things, the distractions that it caused for all of management um, as we're getting ready for the board meetings, the MDNAs, all of those different pieces, we were losing, we were losing touch of actually sitting down and talking with, with the customers and what can we do to make their lives uh, better and easier. So that, that was one of the, the big pieces as to our catalyst behind why we wanted to go, go do this. Um, you know, why now? Um, well, if you go back and look at the, uh, circular that came out as, as part of the deal. Like this was a very, very long process. Um, it's a very transparent process. There were, uh, you know, valuations that the special committee needed to do. There was a go shop period that, again, the special committee needed to do to make sure that everybody was getting a fair price for the company. And, you know, it, it just took 
um, quite a bit of time to be able to get it done, but uh, we're ecstatic about having it done and really looking forward to being able to spend more and more time in the branches uh, and with the customers. So let's look ahead here. Uh, 2021, uh, there seems to be some optimism from some of the OEMs, the equipment manufacturers. Uh, wh- how about at the dealership level? Do you, do you feel that there's some optimism on 2021, putting the past couple of years behind us? Um, I, I think so. But, you know, the one thing with agriculture, you know, every time is farmers, by definition, are optimists, right? So um, at this point, I think commodity prices are, are quite good, finally. Uh, which is a, a great opportunity. Um, yeah, I, I've heard lots of feedback from the different OEMs that, uh, you know, they're pretty optimistic. We're looking forward to a, a good year, um, not just on, on the fact that we're going to be able to hopefully get more of our equipment out in the marketplace, but actually being able to reconnect with the customers, reconnect with, with, with the business. Um, th- that's really what I'm optimistic and excited about. As we look into yeah. 2021. So, what does that like when you say connect with the customer? What does that, Gary? What does that? What does that mean? Yep. My my intent is to go out to all the different branches, get out with uh, uh, the, either the salespeople or um, even within the branches, and, and just talk to the customers. You, you know, when when you're a public company, um, growth is important. Shareholders want growth all the time. And does this mean that Rocky Mountain Equipment and RME is contained to Western Canada and we'll just do solid business in that region or is territorial expansion on the table to go east or possibly even go south? Um, so for, for us, our, our longer term strategy of, of continuing to expand hasn't changed. We still want to uh, continue to do that. Um, more on the south category, honestly, Sean, than, than the east category. Um, just more similar uh, farming practices south than as you get into Ontario. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, that's the way we're, we're looking from that perspective. But right now, you know, our, our focus is, is really on just making sure we're going to do good, smart business, right? Making sure that each of the branches has what they need, making sure that they're taking care of the customers on a day-to-day basis. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your Agra weather forecast on the source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. Mainly cloudy today, 30% chance of flurries. Wind southwest 30, the high today minus 2. Tonight, 60% chance of rain showers or flurries overnight. Wind southwest 30 gusting to 60. Temperature rising to plus 2 by morning. Wind chill minus 14 overnight. Wednesday, partly cloudy. Wind northwest 60 gusting to 80, diminishing to 40 gusting to 60 in the afternoon. Temperature falling to minus 3 in the morning, then steady. Overnight low, minus 7. Thursday, cloudy, high minus 8, low minus 14. Friday, partly cloudy, the high minus 9, the low minus 14. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high minus 13, the low minus 20. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 13, the low minus 20. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 15. Normal high is minus 11, the normal low minus 23. The sun rose at 8.49 this morning. It sets at 5.29 tonight. And around the province... The hot spot, Maple Creek at plus one. 
the cold spot, Island Falls up north at minus 16 degrees. Estevan minus 12, Saskatoon minus 7, Swift Current minus 2, Weyburn minus 9, Yorkton is minus 14. Cloudy and Regina minus 10, that's 14 Fahrenheit, winds are from the south southeast at 21. Humidity is 83%, the barometer falling 102.4. Sunny and Moose Jaw minus 5, winds are from the south southwest at 33. Once again, Regina cloudy and minus 10, that's 14 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Hey everybody, it's Ted Creech here from Hill 70 Quantock Ranch of Lloydminster, Alberta. On the 6th of February of 2021, I'd like to invite everybody to our 51st annual Barn Burner Bull Sale starting at 12 noon. Now we'll sell approximately 400 bulls consisting of Red and Black Angus, Horn and Pulled Herefords, Red and Black Sim Angus, Charlay and Red Balancer bulls, plus 100 bred and open commercial females to round out the day. Now don't be afraid to get in touch with us. Either call myself, Connor or Bill at 1-800-665-7253. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers, mcdougallauctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. Farm Credit Canada says the pandemic was undoubtedly the single biggest shock to the Canadian agricultural and food industry in 2020. Chief Agricultural Economist J.P. Gervais says its impact will have some lasting effects. Well, obviously, yes, the pandemic was the number one issue in 2020. And I would say that we had um, a year that was quite uneven, right? So at the start of the pandemic, you know, if you go back to March, it's it was really a question of whether the borders would be remaining open for trade of, of goods and, and commodities and so forth. There were a lot of question marks around how this would unfold and a lot of volatility in the marketplace, right? If you look at uh, commodity prices, they've been swinging up and back, uh, up and down, sorry. And, and, and really, I mean, they created quite a bit of issues for, for farm operations to, to, to be thinking about. But then, uh, as we went through the summer, and what happened is that, especially for grains and oil seeds, we've actually witnessed quite a bit of a rebound. I mean, pricing has been moving up. I mean, there's been some strong demand for commodities overall, especially coming out of China. And so as a result, I mean, we've seen prices move up. We've seen trade in Canada. Our export pace has been really amazing in the second half of 2020. And so at the end of the year, we actually ended up on a pretty positive note. I mean, I don't want to also not say that, you know, for livestock operations, it's been quite a different story. I mean, it's been mostly negative throughout the year, uh, with margins being negative most of the year. And so it's been a, a really uneven year, full of nuances and, uh, across the entire supply chain, really, in 2020. Gervais says 2021 will likely see some changes. Well, obviously, the pandemic, you know, remains on the radar. I mean, it, it is a matter of, you know, if you go back to the strength of uh, the demand for the commodity that we grow, I mean, some of that, that strength in demand is a function of the, world, the health of the world economy. And so as we're uh, hopefully trying to work through this pandemic, we're rolling out the vaccines and so forth. You know, that there's a lot of hope that we're going to be growing again in the world. And um, uh, because of the growth in the world economy, that this demand for the commodities that we grow is going to remain strong. I do think that is going to be the case. Now, having said that, I think we have to have realistic expectations as well that um, by the end of 2021, if you look at most projections for economic growth, well, we're not going to be back at the end of 2021. 
where we were prior to the start of the pandemic, when, when you look at GDP, for example, gross domestic product, which is the measure that most economists would use to, to assess the health of the economy. And so uh, I think it's good to have some realistic expectations that the demand for what we are growing is is going to remain strong. Obviously, you know, pandemic is one thing, but then there are other factors as well, right? China has a major, major influence in, in basically all across, you know, agricultural markets. And so um, as they were building the, the herds, you know, because they had to deal with African swine fever and and um, that, that really hurt that growth prospect and their supply on the livestock side of things. But as they're, they're growing back, they're hurt. And I, I do think that this is going to, um, you know, result in, in some higher trade flows coming out of China or higher imports in China. And so I think we're going to benefit one way or the other, whether we're exporting directly to China or we're benefiting from, from higher prices as a result. And Gervais says weather is expected to play a key role again this year in markets. Well, obviously, at the end of the, the day, I mean, we, we that's something that we're accustomed, right? And so uh, the, the one thing with climate is that you, you're never sure exactly where, you know, this is going to, it's going to throw some curveballs at you. And, and, you know, in 2020, um, we've had an overall good year in Canada after multiple years of having to deal with, especially in the prairies, having to deal with some difficult growing conditions. Uh, the U.S., you know, had to deal with some growing conditions that were really difficult in 2020. In 2019, it was Europe and Australia. So at one point or another, I mean, it's almost safe to say that climate's going to have an impact on the supply of commodities available in the, in the, in the marketplace. Uh, it's just a matter of, of understanding where and, and keep monitoring what's going on in terms of the balance between demand and supply. Right now, strong demand worldwide for, for grains and oil seeds. I think all eyes now are, are looking at, you know, what will happen with the crop in South America. And if, um, as, as feared or as expected somehow, that we're going to see a crop that perhaps would be lower than what the expectation was maybe a month or two ago, then perhaps that's going to create a bit more momentum for prices. But I would say that right now, given where prices are at, I think it's pretty, um, it'd be safe to, to, to have a really strong risk management plan in place and good marketing strategy and being able to lock in some prices as much as you can. Gervais says business has been busy at Farm Credit Canada during the pandemic. Well, 2020 has been definitely busy. I mean, if you look at uh, a pretty uh, steady flow of business in terms of, you know, steady pace of business, you know, throughout uh, the entire year, as well as, you know, a lot of efforts have been deployed at the early stages of the pandemic to be able to offer the amount of capital that the industry needed to, to get through the crisis. And as we're, we were getting through the crisis and we've seen businesses starting to, you know, put the crisis behind them, looking at now what kind of investment they could be considering, right? Because the thing is, we have lots of opportunities in front of us. Um, as I said, I think that the, the one overall positive trend is really the strength of the demand for ag agricultural commodities and food as well. And so I, I think, you know, if you look at the opportunities, I mean, there's an opportunity for for the industry to invest in more value added. And if we're investing in more value added, processing more of the commodities that we grow domestically, I think everyone's going to benefit, you know, because that's going to be more demand for the commodities that, you know, farmers sell on the farm, as well as, as, as uh, more jobs in the sector and, and you know, fulfilling that, that growth and the demand that exists right now uh, worldwide when it comes to food. J.P. Gervais is the Chief Agricultural Economist for Farm Credit Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. 
This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. A range management specialist for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture suggests fertilizing forage fields. Extension specialist in Kindersley, Cassandra Schrader, explains. Fertilizer Canada estimated that 60% of forage crops are under-fertilized. Each ton of dry matter harvested from a hayfield removes somewhere between 35 and 50 pounds of nitrogen and about 10 pounds of phosphorus, although the specific nutrient removal varies with forage species and quality. Nutrient removal through grazing is substantially less, however, there's still a net loss of nutrients from the grazing system. Replenishing these nutrients can help to improve forage productivity. Of the macronutrients required by plants, Nitrogen and phosphorus are the most commonly deficient in our forage crops. In grass stands, it's usually nitrogen that is the first limiting nutrient, whereas in mixed stands where we have a good legume component, phosphorus is more likely to be deficient. Other nutrients like potassium, sulfur, and our micronutrients are also required for forage growth, but are less commonly limiting in Saskatchewan forage crops. Of course, soil testing is always recommended to ensure the right nutrients are applied in the most efficient combinations to help you meet your production goals. Limiting nutrients need to be addressed in order to get the most benefit from fertilization. The production increase from fertilization varies depending on current fertility, species composition, and available moisture, and other conditions. However, a kind of rough rule of thumb is that for each pound of nitrogen applied, there is a potential increase of 10 to 15 pounds of forage in the brown soil zone, and then in the moisture areas of the province in the black soil zone, up to 30 pounds of forage per acre can be seen for each pound of N applied. With some good winter moisture in many areas, this coming season might be an opportunity to fertilize your forages and see some of the benefits. For more information on forage production and other agricultural topics, contact your local Saskatchewan Agriculture Regional Office or contact the Ag Knowledge Centre at one 866 457-2377 to reach specialists with agriculture expertise. Cassandra Schrader is a range management specialist for the Ministry of Agriculture based in Kindersley. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices were mixed. Canola fell 2.20 at 6.42.67. Number one red spring wheat rose at $3.51 at 2.78.76. The rest all unchanged. Durham two ninety nine forty six, feed barley two thirty four seventy, flax seven twenty nine thirty seven, oats two twenty nine fifty three, yellow peas three fifty nine eighty nine, feed wheat one eighty three seventy two. The Minneapolis spring wheat March futures are up eight cents at six fifty one and a quarter cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM.
The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now the latest quotes. Heartland Livestock Market Report. Donnie Peacock reporting from the Swift Current Yards. 500 cattle in our regular sale on Tuesday. The cow market reads quite a bit higher. But man, the quality was over the top good on a percentage of the cows. We averaged 75 straight through on all the cows in the sale. We did have a set of uh, semi-load of grain-fed cows. And by grain-fed, we mean 35 pounds of grain per day since the 1st of November. And phenotypically very strong cows, they trade from 80 to 88. They average 82 and a half straight through on a straight semi-load. Certainly, um, that makes your average appear higher, but by golly, were they something else. Uh, the kill bulls traded up to a dollar five. A lot of bulls in that 92 to 96 range. Uh, some thinner bulls in the 80s. On the feeder cattle, net on the DLMS direct off the farm network Thursday. Some light seven weight steers trading that 183.84 money. Certainly, as the grain markets continue to accelerate, uh, the feeder cattle are showing some signs of stress and uh, some hesitation on where we should go from here. That's the way it is in cattle country. Heartland Swift Current. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, one fifty-two forty-seven per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. Saskatchewan could be a leader in the helium industry as the gas is prevalent underground in the province's southwest. Royal Helium Limited out of Saskatoon is hoping to capitalize as they have started a three-well drill program at Climax. President Andrew Davidson says when you think of helium, you think of balloons, but the gas has value for several other purposes. Davidson feels the industry is on the ground floor right now and there is room for growth. The first well at the Climax project is expected to take up to 30 days to drill, case, complete and test, with hope drilling is done by the end of March. Federated Cooperatives Limited has developed what FCL describes as a new exclusive Western Nations gas bar brand. FCL says they created Western Nations in consultation with Indigenous leaders and communities across Western Canada. The goal is to grow a network of independent, locally owned Indigenous gas bars using the Western Nations brand. FCL says the program's focus is on reinvesting in the Indigenous communities where Western Nations gas bars are based. On the markets... Canada's main stock index edged lower amid small losses in the financial, industrial and telecom sectors, while U.S. stock markets climbed higher. The TSX Composite Index was down four points at 17,940. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 84 points at 30,898. The Canadian dollar traded at 78.50 cents U.S. compared with 78.36 cents Monday. The March crude oil contract was up 58 cents at $53 even per barrel. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Hill 70 Quantock Ranch. The place to be for your next bull purchase. Mark the right date, February 6th, 2021. Call 1-800-665-7253 anytime, any day. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com.
Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where quality comes in quantity on the 6th of February of 2021. Be welcome to join us for our annual bull sale.